The Mixed Mornings and More podcast with Steph and Sean. Now available daily. Good morning, world. Hello, hello, and welcome to Thursday. It is 5.33, and it is August 11th, 2022. Of course, if I'm saying the date, that means that Sean is not here. He is driving a really long way. He's going to Sycamus, B.C. to go on a houseboat bachelor tour, so we do wish him safe travels. But he's just stayed over in Edmonton last night, Calgary tonight, get into the houseboat tomorrow so he's definitely taking it like a leisurely drive it seems <laughs> anyway um if there is a mosquito breeding capital of fort mcmurray i think it is in my backyard um last night i went out to water my plants at about 10 o'clock and i was like wiping them off you know when you put your hand slide them like down your leg to get rid of the mosquitoes i have more bug bites on my legs than i can ever remember in my life so if you hear some scratching on the show today don't worry it's just me do you ever run out of data on your phone the last three months in a row i have gotten the warning message that i'm almost out and i in fact did run out of data last month and for five straight days i had to use green messaging instead of blue because i was out of data um and i have 10 gigs of data a month i've only had it for a year before that i had four and i never ever ran out and now suddenly this is just the regular thing that i'm running out so i am I'm wondering, like, do you remember when they used to sell us only 500 megabytes of data and somehow we didn't run out? Or way back when, when we had those phones with that little squiggle button and if you accidentally pressed it, you were like, no, oh no, I don't know how much this is going to charge me. Well, now I'm like, how am I possibly using 10 gigs of data? So I've gone into my cellular settings to see what it is that is taking all my data. And somehow in the last 15 days, I have used two gigs on GPS. Now I know that I went to Banff over the weekend, but I just feel like two gigs is quite a lot just to know where you're going, you know? Like maybe I should start taking some map classes to like exercise my brain muscles so I can use less GPS. Because apart from that, the only other time I've used GPS is around Fort McMurray to pick up stuff on Facebook Marketplace. We've got our go-to guy for things in the sky on the line, John Tepper, because, of course, something is happening in the sky, I think, tonight and tomorrow. John, what's going on? Uh, Tonight and tomorrow will be the peak of the annual Perseid meteor shower, which is one of the uh, most spectacular meteor showers of the year um, visible in the northern hemisphere. Okay, so where can we see it? Like, if we just go out when it gets dark out, we'll be able to see it, or...? Yeah, absolutely. It's called the Perseid meteor shower because the uh, radiant point or the part of the sky where the uh, meteors appear to originate is the constellation Perseus, which at midnight is just sort of in the northeast of the sky in Fort McMurray, relatively high up. Um, If you were looking up at about a 60 degree angle, you would see it. Um, But the meteors will be streaking across the sky, uh, you know, throughout the entire um, visible area. So, um, you know, you'll be seeing probably between 20 and 30 meteors an hour shooting out of the sky, but they will appear to kind of come out of the northeast direction. Wow. Okay. And then I was seeing some bad news maybe about the last supermoon of the year. Yeah, it's um, it, usually the, the Perseid meteor shower, if it's a completely dark sky location, can produce up to, you know, 100, maybe even 200 meteors per hour, which is really quite spectacular. But, uh, you know, the majority of those meteors are, are really small particles that are streaking across the sky that don't make a ton of light. And the moon in Fort McMurray at this time of year, you can read by. 
So uh, what you'll find is that the uh, the moon is going to drown out all but the brightest meteors. So instead of seeing that, you know, 100 meteors an hour, you're probably going to see more like 20 meteors an hour. But the good news is that um, normally I advise people to go to a dark sky location somewhere away from the city lights to observe the meteor shower. But with the moon, um, it won't make a difference. So your own backyard is as good as Gregoire Lake. And um, you can just uh, put on some good bug spray and, uh, and have a look. But talking about that supermoon stuff i've got a surprise for you oh, um <laughs> which is tonight uh just around midnight um you're gonna see saturn uh and the moon really really super duper close together so if you were to go out around midnight uh tonight you would see saturn just a little bit to the uh top just a little bit uh, above the moon and tomorrow night, uh, when you go out, you're going to see Jupiter just a little bit to the right of the moon. Um, so if you have a pair of binoculars, both of those planets look absolutely spectacular through a pair of binoculars. And um, if you're not seeing the meteors you want to see, you can uh, go and observe those uh, two cool sights. Really cool. John, thank you so much for filling us in and uh, reminding us to get outside and look up tonight and tomorrow. You bet. Thanks, Steph, and keep looking up. Hanging out with a friend the other night, and I noticed she had quite a large Band-Aid on her finger. And so I said, hey, what happened? And she said, oh, I sliced it on the mandolin. And I was like, I didn't know you played the mandolin. Uh, The vegetable slicer, the mandolin, she was cutting up some vegetables and accidentally got her finger. Now, those things are so sharp, and that is one of the kitchen tools that I will never use. She said the cut was so big, she probably should have gotten stitches. And when she was talking about it, my whole body started, you know, kind of like shaking. My skin was crawling. I felt like I was no longer in control. And I just thought like, wow, I don't know if I've ever had quite a strong reaction to something grossing me out so bad as a mandolin slicing a finger. Um, What makes your skin crawl? What makes you not be able to control things any longer while you think about how awful that experience would be or how gross that thing is? 780-791-1037. Did I make your skin crawl with the mandolin story? We're talking about things that make your skin crawl. And reading everyone's answers, I feel like I didn't know that made my skin crawl too. But now here I am being like, ugh. And the thing that made my skin crawl the other day was my friend sliced her finger on a mandolin, one of those vegetable slicers, and I couldn't handle myself. But Nicole said loose teeth. She said that she's an EA and the kids in her classroom, uh, whenever they find something she doesn't like, of course, they're like, Nicole, look at this. And she said they always bring their really close to falling out mouth teeth towards her and she's like ah please please stop um, also Benita said the cotton that's stuffed in the top of a Tylenol bottle she just doesn't like that but then has to get it out um, my brother can't handle raw sanded wood so a popsicle stick I've seen him not be able to eat popsicles and then if there's one like left on the table from his son or something that he has to pick up he'll actually go and get a napkin and get the heebie-jeebies the whole way as he walks to the garbage to throw it out what gives you the creepy crawlies what makes your skin crawl I found a new website last night that is going to solve a lot of my problems and maybe it'll help you too it's called the difference between dot net And I am always Googling the difference between 
then and when it's finally time to use the word than or affect and effect. And they have just like a ton of articles about all these things that have a difference between them that are similar. Um, like last night I went down a rabbit hole as if I was watching YouTube video after YouTube video, but I was just reading about the difference between embroidery and needlepoint and street art and graffiti and heritage and culture. And then this morning I'm back down my rabbit hole and I just read about the difference between charcoal and activated charcoal. Uh, just heat. Activation happens when you heat the charcoal up even more after it's already been burnt. In case you were wondering, but you can go find more <laughs> differences between things on the difference between net. Let me know what rabbit hole you get on. I learned a new term yesterday. It's called the millennial pause. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Millennials are pausing to think about their lives. They're pausing to make themselves better. So they might leave their job and go back to school for something they actually want to do or things like that. That's what I thought it meant. But uh, let's level up your lexicon. No, the millennial pause instead is the telltale sign that somebody is creating a video that doesn't trust that the camera is recording. So basically they're saying that Gen Z will just start dancing when they press record. They'll start their talking. But there's a split second at the beginning of a video on TikTok where you can tell that the millennial doesn't trust that the camera is working. And they say the millennial pause not only exists just for regular old people trying to still be hip and be on TikTok as millennials, but Taylor Swift does it as well. So I guess at least we're in good company. Leveled up your lexicon, millennial pause. Want more of today's show? Download the Mixed Mornings and More podcast. Now available every weekday.